Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. I will cover what I cover tonight quickly, uh, and I hope that you'll go back over it and think about it, and because I think that the principle that we're going to share is an important one. Uh, I am a product of megachurches that have built a lot of buildings and had a lot of capital campaigns. And in our last church, uh, we, we raised like $25 million to build a new structure. Relax, we're not going to talk about money tonight. But one of the things that I did as a part of my job when I was in media was I had to put together testimonial videos that would help our people understand the vision and what we were doing so that they would stretch themselves in their giving so we could accomplish what we felt that God had put before us. I want to play you just a piece of one of those, one that Shelley and I happened to uh, share in because it sets up the principle tonight of what I call a faith promise life. We make faith promises in giving sometimes to missions or building uh, funds, but the, but the principle of a faith promise life is what helps us to do great and greater things than we could on our own. And I want to share the principle with you tonight. So to kick it off and get you, give you an idea of what I'm talking about, uh, please take a look at 13 or 14 year younger Stephen Shelley on the screen. Shelley and I are veterans of several capital campaigns, building projects that we've been a part of through the churches we've attended through the years, and most recently, this one here at Calvary Church. God took us through a process. The first stage, I will call it the first stage, was us trying to determine in our own minds what we could pledge to the building expansion on our own, of our own effort. We re-examined what we had originally decided to give, and we thought, well, maybe we should give sacrificially as, as we were encouraged to do. We both prayed about it and came up with the same amount, well beyond what we would ever be able to do on our own. And we knew that that was a faith amount. We would have to partner with God and he would have to bring the funds through us. We've always been tithers. We've always given to missions. We've always given to the building program. And somehow, God has always made it possible for us to do what we felt that he called us to do. Through the years, we, for example, never saved anything for our children's education. And yet, somehow, with the Lord's help, we were able to put both of our children through college without incurring any loans and being able to pay for it as we went even though in the normal and the natural, that shouldn't have been possible to do. In some instances, we took money out of savings. In some instances, we spent our retirement. And we've never been in a position where we've been able to really put much money, if any, into our retirement. And yet, in the same way, we've always expected that God would meet that need when the time came. Toward the end of the campaign, we received a totally unexpected gift for the exact amount that God had asked us to give. As Pastor Ross taught recently, it's many times at the end of the journey that God brings the increase, that the blessing comes as a result of our sacrifice. After we took the little bit that we needed from the gift Shelley was just talking about to finish the uh, giving that we had promised for the capital campaign, we received yet another sizable gift for our retirement that probably represents more money. It's not enough to retire on, but it's more money than we probably ever would have been able to put together 
over all of the years that we've been giving to things like the capital campaign. And so God has shown his faithfulness. We did make sacrifices and it often wasn't easy, but faith only makes things possible. It doesn't always make them easy. So the principle tonight is what I can do for God through my own effort, what I can do through sacrifice, and what I can do through faith, things that only God could do through me if I will by faith step out and do them. Now, Pastor Tim has reminded me to make sure you understand that I'm not suggesting that you don't save for your children's college or that you spend all of your money on things. This is not about money. This is not about giving. This is about the principle of a faith-committed life, being able to do things that go beyond what you would be able to do by doing what you can do first, by sacrificing even above that, and then, as God leads you, stepping out in faith and doing the things that he's called you to do. We gave more money in that capital campaign than we ever have before in our lives because we stepped out in faith. So, Not a financial plan, okay, (laughs) but a principle, I think, that will help us to do even greater things for the Lord. So let's walk through that very quickly today. We all want a life where we do bigger things than we ever could, that uh, where we're stretched and where we dream big and, and we hear God's voice to step out and do something really significant, really, really big, don't we? Thank you. Three of you do. And the rest of you, you'll, you'll come along in just a few moments. We all want to, but that can only happen. Those great things only happen as we step forward in faith and allow God to do bigger things than we are able to do on our own. In the Christian life, we're supposed to do things. Let's start with that. Ephesians 2 says, we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things that he planned for us long ago. Romans 12 says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts. Those gifts, by the way, are really uh, better translated Holy Spirit empowerments, the ability to do things. In his grace, God has given us different gifts spirit empowerment and abilities for doing certain things. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift, your ability is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift, your spirit-empowered ability is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, Give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a a gift or an ability for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And then he sums it all up by saying this, never be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Another translation says, but serve the Lord with a zealous heart. Work at it work hard at it. God intends us to do things for him. Does God intend for you to do things for him and his kingdom? Yes, thank you. A few more of you. You're getting on board with me. William Ward once said, enthusiasm and persistence can make an average person superior, but indifference and lethargy can make a superior person average. I don't want to be an average person to you. So we have to work hard. We have to do those things that God has called us to do. Romans 12, 10, don't be slothful, don't be lazy in your zeal, but be fervent in the spirit and serve the Lord. Let me ask you, don't answer me. Let the Lord speak to you. Are you working hard and serving the Lord enthusiastically? 
That's what God wants us to do. I said, I want to let you in on a little secret. God will help you to do it. As you step forward in faith, he will take your efforts and bless them, and you'll do great things through him. What we do is important because the things that we do, the deeds, as the Bible puts them, those deeds reveal or prove, is another word, our faith. James 2. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. So our good deeds, the things that we do for Christ, prove our faith, our gifts, our deeds, our faith, all team up to help us to do the extraordinary for God. We experience a a living faith promise life through a type of progression, the things we've talked about before. I will say it again to you so you catch the principle throughout this evening. What we do through effort, the things that God has already gifted me, the things that God has placed in my hand through my effort. Number two, what I do through sacrifice, my willingness to give up something or to give something in order for God to do even greater things. And then beyond that, what I partner with God with and through faith bigger things that happen as a result of that. Now, I want to tell you, this isn't something that you just jump into without a whole lot of thought or willy-nilly, or you just say, well, I believe God is calling me to, you know, and you come up with something ridiculous. I'm not talking about that kind of faith. There's a, there's a process that we walk through in order to come to that place. And again, this is not about giving, though God may call you to give. And if he does, then do that. This is about how we walk forward and do greater things through a faith covenant, faith promise walk. I promise God I'm going to do this with his help. And God helps me. So a few thoughts about how you figure that out. Number one, you first have to be willing. This doesn't, this doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't even begin if you're not willing to be used by God. Let me ask you a question. Don't answer me. Answer God in your heart. Are you truly willing to be used by God? Colossians 3.23, work willingly, work with all your heart at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Because guess what? You are. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Are you willing to work for a guy like that? We have to be willing. And there's a huge difference between desiring to do something for God and being willing to do something for God. Most of us, many of us, desire to do something big for God, but we have to be willing to do it because it's going to take more than we have. So let me ask you, are you willing to hear from God and to act on those things that he calls you to do? Next, you have to be ready and willing, here it comes, to sacrifice. Almost everybody that Jesus called, he called them to give up something, to set something aside. Fishermen to set aside their business and come and follow him. Rich young rulers to sell everything they have, give it to the poor and come and follow him. Part of serving God is a requirement that we are willing to sacrifice. And I want to tell you, God doesn't always ask you to sacrifice. But if he does, we need to be willing to do that. And often, if we're going to do great things for God, we have to be willing to sacrifice. Matthew 19 says, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. Luke 14, so you cannot become my disciple without giving up 
everything you own. Man, Steve, I think I need to leave early tonight. These are not pleasant things, but the good news is that whatever God asks us to give up and sacrifice, God always comes back around and blesses us. That's the kind of guy, the God that he is. But we have to be willing to do it, and we have to be more than just willing. We have to sacrifice what God may call us to do. Luke 9, then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, your desires, your agenda, your goals. You You need to give those up. Take up your cross daily and follow me. So we have to be ready and willing to sacrifice. Ask yourself, am I willing to sacrifice in order to achieve the things that God has called me to? Next, we have to understand and acknowledge our inadequacy in this thing. Can I tell you something? It's okay to be inadequate because we are all inadequate. None of us are up to this task. I really, I, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know Pastor Blake. This is just an aside. Um, he's really big into, how many of you are familiar with Enneagrams and all this kind of personality kind of stuff and whatever? He can tell you all, all about him. He's, a, he's an Enneagram three. I'm an Enneagram nine. I am an opposite of what Pastor Blake is. But as we talk about those things, he says, well, you know, the truth of the matter is, Steve, I, I need what you have as a part of this ministry because I don't have it. And you need what I have because you don't have it. It's okay to be inadequate. It's, not, it's okay to not have everything because God comes in and fills in those gaps. We have to understand our inadequacy, but we can't let it become an excuse. Moses did. Moses, go and tell my, Pharaoh to let my people go. Oh, God, but I don't speak well. And God, I, Pharaoh's going to kill me and all those things. Moses was allowing, at first, he was allowing his inadequacies and his issues to keep him from the great things that God had for him. So embrace your inadequacies. Jesus came to fill in those gaps. The Holy Spirit comes to empower us so that we can do things through his help that we can't do on our own. So understand your, and acknowledge your inadequacy. James 5, 17, Elijah was a human just like we are. In other words, he was weak, he was frail, he had problems, he had to use deodorant, he, he was just like you and me. And yet, when he prayed, he prayed earnestly that no, no rain would fall, and none of it fell for three and a half years. Most of the Old Testament leaders were acutely aware of what they lacked in order to fulfill God's purpose. But in each of their lives, they opened themselves up to allowing God to do something extraordinary through them by the power of the Holy Spirit. So don't worry about your inadequacies. Don't let them keep you from the great things that God wants to do through you. God has promised that he will do, in spite of our inadequacies, what he has called us to do. So let's let him do that. Next, understand that it is always God who does it. That's why your inadequacies don't matter. It's always God who does it through you. I, I have to tell you, I'm, a, I'm acutely aware of the fact that when I get up and, and stand in front of a bunch of people and speak, or when I uh, teach a Sunday school class, or when I counsel somebody, that it is God, hopefully, because I'm, I'm asking him to, not, not hopefully, it is, God doing those things through me. It's God speaking. It's God counseling. It's God loving. It's God doing all of those things. And so you need to understand that it is God who always does those things through us. But what a wonderful thing not to have to depend on me, but to know I can depend on him. It's always God who does it. Zechariah 4.6. Then he, the angel, said to me, 
This is what the Lord says. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's army. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in the way. It will become a level plain before him. The faith promise life comes in knowing and believing that God is powerful enough to overcome my inadequacies, to provide everything that I need to accomplish it, and more importantly than that, to accomplish it through me as I allow him by faith to do that. Is that a freeing thought tonight? I love the fact that all I got to do is stand up and open my mouth. Oh, yes, you have to prepare. Yes, you have to do all those things. But it is God who does them through us. And when God does something through you, you don't, you don't have to worry about failure. You can have all the faith in the world because it's God who is doing it. It's God who always does it. Paul reminds us that in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then finally, surround yourself with faith-building inspiration. You are here doing that tonight, not just because of what I have to say, not just because of what Pastor Goss or Pastor Blake or any of the other guys have to say. It's, It's not about us. You are here because we minister to one another. We encourage one another. If you, didn't, if you were totally different than the people who are in this church, you probably wouldn't show up very much, right? But the people in this church encourage us. They strengthen us. They pray for us. They stand with us. They, they think like we do when it comes to the things of, of spiritual nature. And they encourage us. As I watch your life, as you give me a testimony of something God did in your life, as you talk about something you learned from the Lord, you, you inspire me, you strengthen me. That's why the Bible says, don't put off coming together. Man, I'm so glad to, uh, uh, JP and Fran are here somewhere tonight. They, they've been gone because of the COVID. They're back, and I'm, I'm just so thankful and so happy. There are all sorts of people who are coming back because they don't have to stay home because of what's been going on in the world. But, but listen, Here's the wonderful news. When we come back and come together, we get something from one another. We are the representatives of God in each other's lives, and we encourage one another. Surround yourself with people who will inspire you to have faith in God. Spend lots of time with people who spiritually challenge you and strengthen you. Hebrews 10.24 gives us the instruction for this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another, to inspire one another unto acts of love and good work. And let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Listen, sometimes you can't get together. Nothing like a great pandemic to keep us apart. But when we can... We should look for every opportunity, even if it's just one-on-one, even if it's just taking a, making a phone call. We encourage one another, and you want to surround yourself with faith-building inspiration because if you're going to do something great for God, something that you can't do on your own, that the Holy Spirit's going to need to do through you, you are going to need the Holy Spirit to minister to you and encourage you through other believers all over this place. Next, search for something that advances God's kingdom, something you can get behind. Ask God what he wants you to do. Ask God what he's up to in the world. Ask him. Ask God to reveal that to you. Don't wait to be asked to do something. Ask God to show you what it is that he has for you. Jesus says, look for it. Pursue it. Seek it. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God. 
above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Everything you need for what? Well, to take care of your daily life, but he'll also give you everything you need to to advance his kingdom because you're seeking it and you know what it is that he wants and you're on board and you're taking part in it. And the promise is God will give you everything you need as you seek, look for, fulfilling his will and his accomplishment. The Greek word for seek here is zeteo and it means to seek after, to strive, to find. Now, let me ask you a question. You can feel uncomfortable for a moment. Don't raise your hand. How are you doing at that seeking thing? Are you diligently, are you striving to find out what it is that God has for you to do next? Or are you waiting for someone to come and suggest it to you? I have to tell you, I, I have spent huge portions of my life waiting for someone to tell me what I, what I thought they, that, that they thought I ought to do waiting for God to speak through someone and instead of diligently seeking what God has for me. You can't start the faith walk journey if, you're not, if you don't know where you're going. So seek that out of God. The answer is seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Everything starts there. God's kingdom, God's stuff has to become our all-consuming pursuit if we're going to do great things for him. It's a part of this faith commitment walk. Seek him and figure out where God is headed and then get involved in his plans. Don't try to come up with something new. Try to come up with what it is that God's doing and get on board. Job 42.2. I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. He's talking to God. So if I'm with God and I'm doing what God wants me to do, if I'm stepping out in faith and under the power of the Holy Spirit doing great things and nothing can stop God from doing what he wants to do, what can I look forward to? Great results, big things. That's why we have to believe for greater things. But we also have to seek those greater things. Proverbs nineteen twenty one. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You ever wonder why sometimes the things that you think you need to do don't always turn out the way you hope they would? But when you do what God tells you to do, you have great success and God does great things. Seek God's kingdom first. Let me ask you a question. If you knew, if you could choose one thing and you knew that you would never fail at it, what would you do? That's a question we ought to ask ourselves every day because here's the truth. There are all sorts of things that I can fail at, but if I will give my effort, if I will make sacrifices to make it happen, And if I will, by faith, step out and partner with God to do those great things, I won't fail. You won't fail. So we have to reorient our plans and our purposes, seek and figure out what God is doing, and then do what he's doing because he doesn't fail. What can I do with what I have? I make effort based on what I already have, what I can already do. What can I do by sacrifice? What has God placed in my hands, in my life, that if I'll just give that into it, it'll bring me even further down the road? And then finally, what can I do by faith? Something I can't do on my own, but I believe that God called me to do it, and I believe that if I'll step forward in faith, God will help me to do it. Jesus is our inspiration for all of this, always. And Jesus is our measurable goal. How do you know if you did well, Steve? Because if you get to the end of it and you look like Jesus 
and you ministered to people and they saw Jesus, you've been a success because we step out to do what he wants us to do. That takes the pressure off me. I just got to tell you, it's not about me. It's about him working through me. And when I do what glorifies him, I look like him. I display and reflect his image and his love and his presence to the people that I'm ministering to. Success is not a, a, a count of how many you know, nickels and noses you got in your church. It's, success is not a count of how many, uh, how many people you served or whatever. It's, it's about how well did I minister as Jesus to those people that I ministered to. Uh, here's a great example of that. I've had the privilege and the, and, and the honor of working with a number of people in the, in the churches that I've, I've worked with over the last 30-some years who have been involved in leading grief share, divorce care, support groups that, that minister to people. They have all that they need to do that in the sense that those programs have a, a video of experts, psychologists, and other people who you watch the video. And then there's a workbook, and it asks the questions and kind of starts a discussion going. Everything that you need there. But I can tell you without hesitation that in every single one of those groups, as I've watched the lay people who lead those things, they did more than play the video and ask the questions. They cried with those people. They took their phone calls in the middle of the night. They walked through hard days with them. They kept them from spending holidays alone. They gave them advice and encouragement outside of what was going on there. That's what happens. That's the measurable goal because they were Jesus to those people. They didn't just run a program. So the measurable for the, for the goals that God gives us is how well was I Jesus to the people that I ministered to? How much did the world see Jesus through what that I did? Those were things that we do, but what we are when we are Jesus to one another, that's being Jesus to someone, and that is a measurable goal. So let me get down to the practical application of all of this, because everything that's come up until this point has simply been to help you kind of get an idea of, okay, how do I come to the place where I can take those steps of a faith promise life? Start with the three things that I talked to you about. Remember, what can I do through effort, through my own effort? What can I do with what God's already placed in my hands what can I do with just a little bit of effort, with the talents and the skills and the abilities that he's given to me? What can I do with what I already have? That's where you start. Unfortunately, that's where a lot of us stop because that's easy to do, right? Oh, okay, yeah, sure, I can do that. I got the time. Hey, yeah, I've got a little bit of money. I can pay for that. That's where we start. That's the starting point. What can I do with a little bit of effort? So, for example... Uh, somebody uh, has a, a loss in their family or somebody comes home from the hospital and they're still not quite on their feet. And we, we try to get sometimes, we try to get uh, uh, people together to make meals to, to send to them and take care of them. And by the way, some of you in this room have done that and I, I'm grateful for that. I'm a recipient of that back from my COVID days and I'm grateful for people who do that. But you know, it's hard. It's hard to get people who are able or willing to do that. 
And this is the easy part, what I can do through my own effort. So I have to be willing to serve, I have to be willing to sacrifice so that I can do at a minimum what I can do through effort. Cut somebody's grass, go fix something in someone's home, take someone to the doctor. Those things that I can do on my own effort, that's the minimum. That's where every believer ought to start. So let me ask you, don't answer me, ask yourself, am I being faithful? to put forth the effort, the things that I can do already on my own with what God has given to me? Am I doing a good job with that so that I'm ready to take the next step? Ask the Lord to show you about that. The next, type, the next place is, what can I do by sacrificing, by giving up something? It may be a financial sacrifice. It may be your comfort. It may be your time. But what can I do with sacrifice that takes me the next step of the way. I've already done what I can do on my own. Now I'm going to push myself to give even further. I'm going to give out of, out of what I need sometimes even in order to help advance what God wants to do. What can I sell? What can I give? What can I do? What can I do without? What can I endure? What discomfort could I put up with? What pain would I be willing to bear? What can I sweat from? What can I be excluded from? Because people won't understand or people won't like me or people won't want to do with me. What can I do to work and exert myself that's above and beyond what's comfortable, what's possible, beyond what I can do already on my own effort? Friends, we can't do great things for God. You just can't unless we sacrifice. We have to be willing to do it. Again, God won't always call you to do that. God won't always make you to do that. But I want to tell you, sometimes that's what required. Did Jesus sacrifice anything? Yeah. So if Jesus is our model, then I need to be willing to sacrifice because he's kind of showing us how this gets done. So I, what can I do with sacrifice? You can't, even, you can't even live the faith life unless you are ready and willing to give up everything and anything for the cause of Christ. Why? Because that's what Jesus did, and that's what he may call us to do. And then finally, when I've done those things, I step forward in faith. I engage my faith. God speaks to me and says, Steve, good job. You used all that I gave you, and you stretched, and you sacrificed, and that's good. We're on the way. Now, if you want to do something great, you're going to have to do something that you can only do by my help. But I will partner with you. I will help you. I will make it happen in your life. And my response is to seek God, seek his kingdom, find out what it is that he wants me to do. And when I get to the place where I've done everything with my own effort, when I've sacrificed what's been required in order for me to do it, and I got nothing left, I partner with God and say, God, I believe you want me to do this but I can't do it unless you do it through me. So here we go. Here's my faith. How much faith do you have to do, have? How much do you have to believe? Mark 16. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. How much do you, can you believe? How much do you believe that God wants to do through you? 
if, if God gave you this list, here's what I want you to do. Want you to lay hands on people so they recover. Want you to want you to uh, be uh, lay hands on the sick. I want you to go and and uh, cast out devils and do those kinds of things. Could you do that? Not without the help of the Lord, but with the help of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, and these kinds, I'm not saying God wants you to, this is not a grocery list or a to-do list for everybody. What I'm saying is that there are greater things than we have the ability to do that if we will walk forward and commit by faith to God, God, I'll do this for you if you'll do this through me. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Let me ask you a question. Don't answer me. Do you believe that? Do you, be, do you really believe that you can do anything through the power of Christ in your life? Because if you do, then nothing ought to stop us from walking forward and doing great things for the Lord. Yes, casting out demons. Yes, praying and people being healed. Yes, going into the marketplace and leading people to Jesus. Yes, going out and doing miracles. Yes, all of those things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me but I have to have faith and believe that he really can and will do those things, and then I just step forward in faith and see them accomplished in my life. How much faith do you need? How many are like me? Some days you don't feel like you have a whole lot. Come on. <laughs> I'm not the only guy. I used to have a pastor who'd say, you know, he'd, he'd ask for examples, how many of you are like that? And then he would, he would, he would always do this. You know, he'd put all hands and all feet up in the air. Listen, some days you don't have a whole lot of faith, do you? Sometimes you wonder, you question, but here's the thing. The good news is you don't have to be a faith powerhouse. All you need is the faith the size of a mustard seed. That's all the faith you need. That's all the faith you need because it's not even about your faith. It's about God and what God wants to do as you exercise that faith, however little or however great it is. God wants us to grow in faith. I don't want you to think that it doesn't matter, but I, I'm telling you, you can start with just a little bit and God will do great things. So let me ask you as we conclude today, are you serving the Lord enthusiastically? Are you, are you doing everything within the available means and power that you already have with all the effort you can to truly serve him daily, weekly, monthly, yearly? Are you willing to go beyond that and sacrifice whatever he asks you to give up, whatever inconveniences you, whatever is painful for you in order to pursue and be successful at what God has called you to do? And then thirdly, would you be willing to ask God, God, what is it? It's so far beyond me that the only way you can accomplish it in my life or in the life of our church is through the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, get me going. Set me loose. Let your Holy Spirit minister through me. When we take faith promise commitments for money, whether it's for missions or building programs or whatever it happens to be, it's always with the understanding that we're not asking you to just give everything you have. We're asking you to do what God asks you to do. And by faith, you partner with him to accomplish it. So I'm not asking for your money tonight. What I'm asking you is, can you wrap yourself up so deeply into the move of God and the kingdom of God 
that you come to the place where with a little bit of faith, you partner with God to allow God to do greater things through you. You don't have, here's the point, you don't have to do great things. You just have to let God do it through you. So I want to tell you tonight, it starts by making Jesus Lord of your life. Because if he's the Lord, if he's telling you what to do, if you're following him, then the sky is the limit. So let me ask you tonight, every single one of you here, every single one of you watching, have you made Jesus Lord of your life? And more importantly, or as importantly, are you keeping Jesus Lord of your life in everything that you do, in every plan that you have, in every direction that you take as you pursue his kingdom? Is he Lord of our life on a daily basis? That's really, really critical starts by making Jesus Lord. It continues by keeping Jesus Lord and by doing all we can by our own effort, all we can by sacrifice, all we can only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And great and wonderful things happen in us and through us as we do. I wish I could take more time to talk to you about it. I think you get it. So let's just pray and ask God to help us with that tonight. Lord, I thank you that you have called us not just to sit on the sidelines and be grateful that we're saved and thankful that you've forgiven our sins, but rather that we can get up from where we're sitting and walk into the line and walk into what it is that you are doing here on this earth. God, you have called us all to do great things. Forgive us when we have allowed ourselves to settle for less, when we've allowed ourselves to do less than what it is that we could do for you if we would simply step up and by faith go the next step of the way. God, I believe you have important things for this church. I believe you have big things for this church, greater days for this church than the days that lie behind. God, each and every one of us, we want to be a part of that. So I pray for each of us, Lord, wherever we are, that you'd speak to us by your spirit, that you would encourage us and help us, that you'd stretch our faith, Lord, that you would, as you show yourself faithful in little things, you, you would give us the faith that we need to believe for the big things. And may we then, in obedience and in a pursuit of your kingdom, step forward in partnership with your Holy Spirit, working through us and accomplishing those things for us and for your kingdom. And God, tonight, we want to commit to doing that. That's our commitment to you. As you move in our lives, Lord, we want to step up and allow you to do those great things by your Spirit through us. And if we'll do that, Lord, great things are just ahead of us. God, help us to do it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.